You're listening to the Build and Bloom podcast with host Jessica Whitaker, an educator of film and digital photography to beginners, both in workshops across the globe and online. Creator of the Build and Bloom group on Facebook, one of the largest and most engaged photography communities with over 60,000 members, and founder of non-profit Sister Sister, a monthly networking group for young women in media. Jessica Whitaker cuts the fluff and will help you to grow your photography business with practical, actionable tips in every episode. If you're ready for a roadmap to a better personal and professional balance, then Build and Bloom podcast will help encourage, empower, and educate you to not only build your dream business, but sustain it. And now, here's your host, Jessica Whitaker. Welcome to the Build and Bloom podcast. You are listening to the Monday Motivation mini-series. I'm Jessica Whitaker, and with this mini-series, my intention is to bring you one action item you can implement in your business this upcoming week. It's a very casual conversation, more casual than the regularly scheduled programming here on the podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about photography websites, which is something that has been discussed quite frequently here on the podcast, on my YouTube channel, in my Build and Bloom group. And I have recently launched four photography website templates for the Show It platform with my web developer, Amanda Berg, of the Website Workroom. If you're interested in browsing through the demo photography websites, go to thewebsiteworkroom.com shop. Now, this topic is going to be quite interesting, and you might actually disagree with me, and that's totally fine. I'm just going to bring you another perspective, but we're going to be talking about something called above the fold. You might have heard this in context with Instagram captions, so before you click, before the person, whoever is following you, clicks more on your caption, you want to have your call to action, your point be above the fold before they click more because chances of them clicking more are pretty low especially if you're doing a super wordy caption and then all of a sudden you have a call to action at the very end they might not read all the way through the same concept can apply to your photography website so I'm going to be talking about what you should have above the fold to bring in more clients to kind of discourage price shoppers and to just save both you your clients or people who are not going to be your clients, but they're just confused on your website for what you offer, you're not going to waste their time. And then at the end of the episode, like I always do in the Monday mini series, I will be answering a few personal questions about myself so that you can get to know me as Jessica and not just as a photographer. It's a very casual conversation and I haven't done a Monday Motivation episode in maybe three weeks. I've had a really hard past three weeks, just a couple of things going on in my personal life and I just needed to take something off my plate and the podcast was that so it's going to be maybe a little bit of a wiggly start but I think once we get a few minutes into the episode we'll be rolling just as if we always do so let's get into it above the fold what does that mean it means that if somebody is viewing your website on a computer on their mobile phone before they even scroll down that's above the fold Now, 
some a mistake that a lot of photographers make and I say this with confidence because I've done many 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 photography website audits before if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time I teach photography business on YouTube I teach it in workshops both online and in person well not right now because we cannot meet in person but And I also have a photography Facebook group called Build and Bloom, which you are more than welcome to join. It's free. And I've done a lot of audits of websites over the past four years of teaching photography online. And I know it is, when it comes to our websites, we either want to have a big horizontal photo, maybe a carousel. You want to have maybe your logo or some intense calligraphy that describes the adjectives of your work. Or you want to have a really cute little saying like I capture authentic moments and milestones. I'm pretty sure that's what my website used to say before I had it redesigned. And that's great. That's beautiful. But it doesn't get to the point when you have somebody who's coming to your website, whether they're going to book you or they're just trying to find a photographer to work with. They need to know who you are, what kind of photography you do, not just that you capture authentic moments, not that just that you are a photographer, but what kind of photography you specialize in and where you're located. And this advice, you can hear more in depth in the previous Build and Bloom podcast episode with my web designer, Amanda Berg. She is the one who taught this to me and she teaches it to you as well. And I really wanted to reiterate it here because Having this information above the fold gets straight to the point with people so that then you are going to have less inquiries in your inbox from people who they might not be price shopping. Like a lot of the times we kind of associate people who just end up ghosting us in our inbox for like price shoppers. Oh, you know, you weren't in their budget or you weren't really, they just didn't want to work with you once they saw the numbers. We have a lot of negative connotation when it comes to that aspect, but it's more so to save you and them time that they might be reaching out to you, not exactly sure where you're located, or it might have taken them a bit of digging on your website to find, and they just don't have the time to dig around. So you are automatically saving so much time when you put your location up there. Now, if you travel often, then I would still have your base, where your home base is in the in the above the fold, maybe it's two locations. Like for me, I do have two locations, New York City and Seattle. That is where the majority of my clients are at. But so I would put those two, but you could also still indicate available for travel. But the point is to make it as clear as crystal exactly where you're located and what kind of photography you do is going to be the next point. So One thing that's important is to really hone in on exactly what kind of photography is your bread and butter and what kind of photography you want to do. I think that there's so much advice out there to just start marketing to the clients that you want. That makes sense. Let's say, you know, your bread and butter right now is wedding photography. You're wanting to phase out of that and you want to just start doing branding. But if you still have weddings booked out for the next year, two years, and that's really what is enabling you to do photography full time, you are able to make, you know, several thousand dollars a month or maybe the biggest chunk of the year in the summer, you are busy, this is where you're making a lot of your money from, then 
even if you're wanting to phase out, it's still, I, I think it's would be something that you do need to sit down and kind of evaluate. Okay, if I want to phase into branding, I need to be able to match the income I was making with weddings to be able to make that for branding photography. I think it can, it's a big mistake when photographers have something that they are, have a steady, consistent stream of income in like weddings whatever it might be maybe seniors and they just are sick of it and then they automatically want to switch it up and all of a sudden do something completely different or something that they might not have a lot of clients for maybe clients yet or maybe there's just not a need for it in your city I've noticed that in for me per I mean all of this is me personally I need to stop saying I think that makes me sound not confident I just I, this is my opinion <laughs> you're on my show it's just my opinion you could take this perspective and run with it I just want to give you my perspective in New York City I was being booked for a lot of personal branding sessions um, people who wanted content creation whether that was a musician whose management hired me to photograph them so that they would have content on their social media for the next few months or if it was somebody who was starting a new business and their manager hired me to do their images for their website and then uh, like the, the more branding images in New York City I had tons of clients like that but in Seattle I never really had clients outside of weddings engagements and senior photos there wasn't those kind of shoots that were a little that were outside of the milestone moments that you typically think now however I do want to say starting a business is a major milestone in your life that is amazing I'm not saying the only milestone is getting married not the case but I just hope that you see what I'm saying is it's a lot more of these traditional things and though I could definitely market it to do more branding just the volume in New York clients compared to Seattle for me personally and how I was marketing New York was a different kind of clientele so if I was in Seattle and I wanted to start doing more branding but the majority of my income came from seniors engagements maybe weddings I don't do weddings anymore but you see my point then I would want to make sure that I would be able to match my income from the the work I was doing in Seattle with senior photos engagements and with branding before I completely switched over I want to have that security and having steady income and security with photography is something that I don't think any of us take for granted but it is easy to just want to switch it up all of a sudden I just move into this new realm and it, that's just where we have to we have to really sit down and formulate a plan and go about it with patience. The same way that you might have if if you have uh, shifted out of your nine to five job and moved into photography full time, it took patience, planning, and wisdom. And actually, if you want to hear a podcast episode, if you are looking to move from your nine to five or you know your multiple jobs, like I did, I had multiple jobs into photography full time. Check out the interview that is on the Build and Bloom podcast with Katie Bellotti. She moved out of her corporate job into full-time freelancing with wisdom, patience, and a plan. It's a great resource. So bringing it back, this is a very casual conversation. Bringing it back, take what your bread and butter is and have that on the above the fold of your website. If you want to, if you are disagree with me and you're like, no, I want to start marketing myself as a branding photographer hard and I want that to be on my website, you can have branding on your 
above the fold, but maybe experiment a little bit. Take this advice and just interpret it into what would suit you and your business. The point, though, is that you want to hone in on exactly what you are offering. You don't want to just say, I am a Miami photographer. That is so wide. That's such a broad range. If you specialize in newborn photography, don't say I'm a Miami photographer. Say I'm a Miami or Miami-based newborn photographer, family photographer, senior portrait photographer. You want to get as specific as possible so that if somebody is in Anchorage, Alaska, and they're looking for engagement photos, they're not going to be scrolling through your site, wasting their time and your time in a way where they're going to contact you in your inbox and you're going to go back and forth a few times and before you decide and you two realize, oh yeah, this I'm in Anchorage or they're in Anchorage, I'm, on, I'm in Miami, you're saving yourself time in the inbox by being as specific as possible up front and again with the location. The third thing to have above the fold is your name is your name. So whether this is just a hi, I'm Jessica, or if it's, and then it goes on with text, so it's more honest. You guys, I'm really rusty at the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm really trying, I'm really trying here. So whether this is introducing yourself in a, a text block, or if it's having a more intense, maybe calligraphy header, something, you want to have your name above the fold as well. So they know who you are. My name is Sarah. I'm a Miami-based newborn photographer. So that if you have somebody who's a fashion blogger in Toronto and they might have, you know, found you from a blog post that one time you went to Toronto and took some photos of your friends and you put it up online and they found you through that and then they're thinking you're in Toronto, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how would they really think I'm in Toronto? Like my about me says I'm in Miami. The rest of my photos are more tropical. You know, it's more regional. How would they think I'm in Toronto? Because you're not being clear from the start. You're, you can't expect people to go through every single page on your site with that initial outreach email when they do your contact form because they have, I always say this, five other photographers tabs open on your website. And I teach this to my students in my online photography workshop that the people who it's it's the people who can the photographers who can get all the details, all the information to the client on the contact form on the homepage first are most likely the ones who are going to book that client, even if you are more expensive than the other photographers. People are not always price shopping. They are just looking for who is going to respond. They're not even looking, but subconsciously, whoever responds to their inquiry as in detail gets them all the information. Basically, it's a race to send that contract out, to sign that client, to get that retainer. Having above the fold your name, so who you are, your specific name, what you do, not just I'm a photographer, but I am a wedding photographer and I am based in Anchorage, Alaska. Where you're based is what's going to save you and your client time and get straight to the point. So if they're not in your area, they're looking for a different kind of photography, they can click off, you're saving their time and you're saving your own time in the inbox. This is called above the fold. Now, how you can inter- how you can incorporate this into your business this week? Easy. 
Some of you might take five minutes to change. Some of you, it might take a few hours because you might have to rearrange your homepage a bit. But my my action point for you is to change the above to full, to evaluate, to do an honest audit of your home. I mean, of your whole website is great, but of your homepage and above the fold, change it to have your name, what you photograph, and where you're based. This is not the time. This is what Amanda says. It's not the time to be cute. It's not the time to have a clever little um, few sentences about your style of photography. That can, when they scroll down, that can be what it is. But when they're above the fold, they need to know who you are, where you're based, and what kind of photography you do. A few days ago, I put out an Instagram story with a series of questions related to photography websites. So one of the questions was, where is your site hosted? Most people said, show it or Squarespace. Are you happy with your current website? Like 50-50, yes and no. And then if you could spend one hour, two hours of uninterrupted, t- uninterrupted time in your website, what would you fix? And then <laughs> the last question I asked was, if you could start from scratch would your we- with your website, would you? And the majority of people said yes. And when I think start from scratch, I'm not just thinking the front end of your website, like the template itself. I'm thinking about the back end where you have all of these random pages, maybe some hidden pages like drafts where you're like, okay, I wanted to launch this page, but it's been four months. The back end of my own website before I had Amanda Berg of the website workroom completely revamp it and we went live with the site was a mess because I had that website for like four years or so. And so if you are in the same boat of like, I just wish I could start from scratch with my website, but I don't have time. I want to encourage you to check out the four photography website templates that I have launched with Amanda Berg of the website workroom. I'll have it in the show notes or just go to the thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop. There are four beautiful websites. We did market research to ensure that there is nothing, there are no templates available like these on the show it platform. They are very unique and they also can cater to all different kinds of photography and type of branding. They're plug and play. And what's also really unique about these sites is Amanda is actually a professional copywriter. If you don't know what a copywriter is, it's essentially somebody who writes maybe all like when you're on a website and you're um, you're checking out to buy a product like an eyeshadow palette, the description of of that eyeshadow palette has been copywritten. It's been written by somebody to be in the brand voice and it's a very strategic way so that they have all the details, information, maybe it's cute, maybe they have a few little puns or something throughout the description, but the point is that there's somebody else who is writing the copy, the text in your voice. And hiring a copywriter is very expensive, (laughs) very expensive. And since Amanda actually has, she is a professional copywriter with a journalism background, what we have done with the website is all of the text boxes have a prompt. So it says what you can write in those boxes. It's not just that, uh, what is that word? There's a certain word for when you download a template and it's just a bunch of like scrambled letters. It's not scrambled letters in the same way. It says, here's your, it's, it doesn't just say header one. It says header one, header one. Instead of that, it says above the fold, you guys, your name here talk about what city you're in and what kind of photography you do. And then the text box indicates what else you can write. 
every single text box throughout the entire website, like the about me, the gallery, the pricing, um, the shop page, because we have a shop and e-commerce. So if you decide to sell Lightroom presets or location guides, if you decide to launch your own online photography workshop, a workshop, or maybe a coaching mentoring session, if you have a, if you need a sales page that goes more in depth, the copy is written for you, like the entire outline, which is worth hundreds, hundreds of dollars already because I've paid several copywriters to redo my own sales page. So the fact that it's all outlined, it's like a template already for you. The blog is, I mean, everything, it's truly plug and play. The The goal with these websites was that they would be unique. So they're not bland, boring, and beige like all the other show it templates. Let's just be real. There's not, there are not a lot of unique templates out there. You are unique. Your photography is worth standing out. And so we wanted to create something unique, but also functionality wise, we wanted to make it where you just have to plug and play. You have to sit down maybe for a weekend or one, one solid day to get launched. Your the the goal is to have you be able to launch these websites within four steps. There's a complete video tutorial walkthrough on each website when you purchase and you can actually browse all of the demo websites at the website workroom.com/shop and they do come already optimized for mobile. If you're interested, if you're like I want to start from scratch, it's time for me to get really serious about my website and have it start working for me rather than against me, it's time to start saving time in my inbox and just getting really clear with my photography business. It all starts from the website. It's so cool that I've been able to work with such a talented web developer, web designer, copywriter on creating templates because I have been teaching about photography websites for the past four years, but I don't have the skill set to develop templates. That's way out of my, like completely out of my range of expertise, though I do hope to learn coding soon. Working with Amanda has been so amazing because we're able to blend our skills together in something that we both are so alike with our no BS approach. No cringy marketing terms here, no fluffy jargon, straight to the point, and the same thing is interpreted with the website. So if you're interested, even if you are not on the Show It platform and you just want to take a look, go and browse the demo sites. You can click through everything. It's like a, a basically a dummy website up there. It's so cool. I'm so proud proud of this, thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop. Now we're going to get into answering a few personal questions so that you can get to know me, Jessica, outside of being a photographer. So if you're not interested in this part, the podcast is essentially over for you. No worries, no hard feelings. But for those who do want to stick around a little bit, let's get into the questions. So question number one is what would you be doing right now if you never held a camera when you were a kid? Easy answer. I would be in youth ministry and I would love to have been a youth pastor. And honestly, who knows? Maybe that's something that is down the road for me. I always kind of have thought maybe when I'm like in my 30s, I'll do more youth, like be a youth pastor. Um, But I don't have the ability to go to school for that right now. And nor do I really want to be a youth pastor right now at all. Um, (laughs) But that is something that I do think I would be doing because that is my like number one number two, I guess, biggest passion outside of photography. Is it bad that I'm saying a pastor would be number two versus shouldn't that be number one? Anyways, that's what I would be doing. 
The next question is, did you get your brows laminated? I do not have my brows laminated, but let me tell you what I do. And I can totally make maybe a, a vlog on YouTube on this. I've been doing a lot more vlogs lately where you can see more behind the scenes into my business and my life. But what I do is the soap brow technique. So take a bar of soap and you take a spoolie, you wet the spoolie. You rub it onto the soap and then soap is transferred to the spoolie and it's kind of a waxy consistency. Brush that up with the eyebrows. There you go. Stays in place better than any gel I've used. I've used Boy Brow and MAC uh, eyebrow gel. I probably have used a few more kinds. Anastasia Beverly Hills. Nothing holds my eyebrows in place better than the soap brow technique. And then after that, I just use a pencil. I like the L'Oreal brow definition pencil. It's like a double end, so it has a spoolie on one side and then the pencil on the other. And I use the shade, this is the key, Dark Burnette. Burnette is too auburn, it's too red for me. My hair is not red, it doesn't have any red in it. Uh, at least when you look at it. I mean, maybe if you're a hairstylist, you might disagree, but it's too auburn for me. So dark brunette has more green in it. And it's more of neutral. So if you're in the same boat, you, you don't have any kind of red in your hair, but other pencils are just too auburn for you just to go maybe one step darker and dark brunette's what I use. But yeah, if you go to the drugstore, it's just going to be the L'Oreal pencil with a dual end. And that's how I do it. Um, now, number two is what has been the most memorable travel experience that you have? Uh, okay, so traveling is one of my biggest passions. I love it so much, and I can't wait to eventually do more solo traveling. Um, I did my first ever solo trip to Sydney, Australia in December of this past year, I guess December 2019, and it was so amazing. And I can talk more about like how I even, I have so much anxiety, how I even solo traveled as somebody with anxiety there is a whole like spiel I can give for that so let me know if you're interested just dm me or leave a leave a post in the build and bloom facebook group that we can talk more about it um but I would say the most memorable would probably be the very first time I ever left the country <laughs> I went to Europe with two of my best friends for like six, maybe four weeks for a whole month. And we went to London, we went to Paris, and we went somewhere. Oh, we went to Bath in England and, um, and York, England. And it was the most memorable trip just because it was my first time out of the country, even without like my parents. Um, I was... I want to say 20, maybe 20. I might have been 21, actually, because it was my senior year of college. And I just, I I loved it. And then my second most memorable would be back to my Sydney trip. I'd always wanted to go to Bondi Beach. Honestly, ever since I saw this, what, this, some people are gonna be like, what? Okay, so I was at Bluestone Lane Coffee in D.C. And Bluestone Lane is an Australian uh, Australian cafe, but it's here in like the East Coast. And so I was at the DC, one of the DC locations, and they had these three huge art prints of Bondi Beach, like the waves and then like the iceberg pools. And the only way I knew it was Bondi was because it was labeled Bondi Beach. And I saw that I was waiting to use the bathroom and I was like, I really want to go to Bondi. It looks so cool. And so, yeah, I went in December, like, 
Um, that was in July 2019, so several months later. Um, and the day I got to Bondi, because I was staying more by, like, the opera house. So I took an Uber just all the way out to Bondi, and I was living my best life out taking the Uber there. Like, okay, I never take Ubers. I'm all about public transit, but that was the amazing, like, so luxury life. Like, I was loving it. So um, I took an Uber out there, and then once I, like, set up my towel, I was just like, wow, I'm here at Bondi Beach. Like, I wanted to go, and here I'm at. So I'm really thankful to have had that opportunity. That was probably my most memorable just because it was kind of like this, what's the word? This not 2020 moment. What's the word? Full circle moment. Like I had so much anxiety ever about traveling by myself, but I'd always wanted to go to Australia, but none of my friends wanted to go. And so I just went and I was at Bondi because I decided I wanted to go. I don't, I don't know. It was just a really amazing experience and moment. The next question is, how old are you? And um, somebody else also asked this too. So I am 25, but I, I feel like I'm 19. Maybe I'm 21, forever 21 probably. Um, but yeah, I'm 25 years old. <laughs> what hobbies and things do you do to de- decompress that aren't viewed on a monitor or screen? My favorite thing to do to decompress is probably painting. I really like painting nothing intense. I'm not the most talented at it, but I just really love it. I love like mixing the colors, making different textures. The last question is, if you could move, we're really powering through this. (laughs) If you could move anywhere on a whim, where would you move? If I could move anywhere on a whim, um, well, I would probably do Barcelona. Barcelona is one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. It's beautiful. It has gorgeous architecture. Um, Some people are going to cringe when I say this, but it reminds me of like Paris architecture, but even more whimsical. But then you're on the beach, so you have palm trees. Um, I love it. I love the food there. I love it. I would love to spend more time in Spain. I've only been to Barcelona. And then I went to Bilbao (laughs) on a work trip. Um, like in the winter, I think also in December of that same time I went to Sydney. Um, But I would love to go to more places in Spain. I'd love to go to more of the south of Spain, but I really, really love Spain. So if I could move anywhere on a whim, I would do Barcelona. All right, we are at the 30 minute mark. I almost did this all in one breath. (laughs) I'm kind of proud of myself, especially since I was feeling a little bit rusty about it. But I really hope that this episode was able to bring you some encouragement and some food for thought. Let me know what you think. And if you end up uh, editing your above the fold, share it with me in the Build and Bloom Photography Facebook group. It's an encouraging, kind, and inclusive photography community. And I cannot wait to see you there. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to go and leave a review on iTunes. I know that you hear this all the time and you just are like, oh, it's so annoying. What's the point? It's because it actually helps me have more social proof. So for future upcoming guests that I don't already have like a friendship with, I'm able to use how much the podcast helps you out as social proof to encourage them to come on this show. So you can do that by going over into iTunes, scroll down and leave your review. I believe in you and your business. Don't forget to go to the website workroom.com slash shop. So the website workroom.com, not website workroom thewebsiteworkroom.com slash shop to browse the photography website templates. And I'll catch you in the next Build and Bloom podcast episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Build and Bloom podcast. If you love the show, leave us a review on iTunes to keep it running. 
This also helps other photographers to find this free resource. Looking for more? Join over 60,000 photographers in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Just search for Build and Bloom in Facebook groups to join in the encouraging and empowering community. You can also find Jessica's tutorials and tools on YouTube and Instagram at Jessica Whitaker and show notes and further resources on her website, jessicawhitaker.co. Thanks for spending time here. Catch you in the next episode.